Have you ever been disappointed in what you do? I certainly have. But we have to learn that the flesh is always the flesh. If you have a dog or a cat, you can very easily see what the flesh does. They are 100% flesh. And they do all types of reactions to their flesh. The Apostle Paul tells us, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. That's in Romans 7.18. But he goes on in Romans 8 to tell us exactly what to do. There is hope. We don't despair. And we really shouldn't be terribly disappointed when our flesh acts like flesh. The thing we have to know is this. We control our flesh by the Spirit of God in us who rises up to take us another way. When we yield to the flesh, we basically ignore the Holy Spirit who is trying to take us another direction. We learn as we go along in the Christian life to yield to the Spirit of God And then you don't follow the flesh if you're yielding to the Spirit because they are exactly opposite from each other in the direction they'll take you. So it's a matter of learning. We can control our flesh by the Spirit of God. We will not be able to control our flesh by willpower, nor even by setting up a bunch of rules for ourselves. Because about the time you set up a rule, you're going to break it. Sort of like a New Year's resolution. But there is a way to overcome through God. And that's what we as Christians work to learn. First of all, we need to know for sure what the works of the flesh are. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, Now the works of the flesh are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. Idolatry can be worshiping some type of a figure as a god or even a preacher as a god, or it could be worshiping a movie star or some famous person or a great football player or something that your flesh particularly is drawn to. That can be idolatry. Witchcraft, which is following superstitions. Hatred. We all know what hatred is. You don't have to be taught to hate. I get tickled because nowadays um, the NFL has decided to eliminate hatred. (laughs) Pam and I, Pam Padgett, who's a member of the body of Christ, we watch football games together and we say, Oh, good, no more hatred. (laughs) Well, you can't eliminate hatred without killing the person because hatred is a work of the flesh. And as long as we breathe on this earth, we're going to be tempted to hate someone. But we control that hatred by turning to God for help, praying, say, please don't let me do this. I know that's the flesh. Please don't let me yield to this. And most of the time, God will remind us of a scripture to give us an opportunity to go another way. But I've always seen that God helps me when I call on God. But you have to recognize hatred 
It's like eliminating your arm. That's part of the flesh. Hatred is a part of the flesh. Variance is a part of the flesh. Uh, to vary with one another, to debate, to strive, to try to argue, thinking that we're right, they're wrong, and that something's going to be accomplished by our good arguing. Variance, emulations, which is trying to outdo another person. Don't we all have that, one way or another? Either do it by apparel, or by education, or by trying to get the better job, or by sports. These are all works of the flesh. There was a, a few years ago, there was some woman in Florida, some little city, she was the mayor, and she had decided to make a rule that Satan could not come into their city. Well, we'd certainly like to live there, wouldn't we? But of course, you can't keep Satan out of the city by making a rule any more than you can make your flesh to do something by a New Year's resolution. If you want to set the flesh on fire, just make a New Year's resolution saying you're not going to do that. That's all you can think about. But there is a way to overcome. We're going to do the overcoming. We're going to get to that. Let's continue looking at what the flesh does. Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy. My cleaning lady once came to me and said, don't you ever have to outdo the Joneses? Don't you ever think of that you have to do outdo the Joneses or keep up with the Joneses? And I just listened to her and I thought, well, I, I really don't think that I tend to do that. Um, certainly in education I did. And before I was born again, I did in many things. But I don't have to drive a better car than you drive. That would be keeping up with the Joneses or even excelling over the Joneses. I drove a very old car for 24 years until God led me to get a new car. A few days ago, I was uh, we were coming home with the new car, and Pam opened the garage door. Pam is a member of the body of Christ with whom I live at the moment, and she helps me physically as well as with all of the uh, blog and all the things we do. We work to get those out. She does all the mechanics. Anyway, we were coming home. I don't drive anymore because I'm almost 83 at the moment. So I have quit driving, but I was riding as a passenger in the new car, and we came down the street and met one of her neighbors, and the neighbor waved to Pam. And I don't know the neighbor, but the neighbor waved to Pam, and it was obvious that this is someone the neighbor and Pam knew each other. Pam opened the garage door, and then we pulled in the driveway, and the thought came to me, well, now, you have a nice new car. You don't have to be ashamed. See, that's the flesh. That's exactly what the flesh does, bring thoughts like that to us. It is the spirit in us that tells us things like, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation. That's Philippians chapter 3. So the flesh and the spirit fight each other constantly. The flesh wants to outdo people. The spirit wants to help people. I used to play duplicate bridge, and when I would be at the bridge center, a goal was to beat the other people. 
I would sit there and think, can I imagine Jesus or Paul doing this? And I couldn't. And I began praying, asking God to get me out of this, and he did after a while. But we always have this flesh. Did the day you die, you're in the flesh. But the Spirit is there. That's how we overcome, is by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verses 11 through 13. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We don't have to obey the flesh. The flesh wants to do all kinds of things. We don't have to obey the flesh if we understand when the flesh tries to rise up in whatever thing it's rising up in. When it tries to rise up, we can, first of all, just silently call on God for help. Please don't let me say that. Please don't let me do that. And he will help us. That's the first thing. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. One of the first things God taught me as a new Christian was to meditate in the Word of God. Because by meditating in the Word of God, you build up a power of God in you that overcomes the flesh. And meditating in the Word of God enables you to have that power over the flesh in time. It may not happen immediately. There are scriptures that I have kept before me for months. And I take scripture each morning after I wake. I start my day with scriptures, looking at the scriptures that I have accumulated. I accumulate scripture by writing out the scriptures that God calls to my attention by his spirit. You'll just be walking along in your house and a scripture will come to your mind. That is the scripture which you need at this particular moment. Learn to write that scripture down and look at it day and night. I also copy portions of our own blog and look at it day and night. And I copy scriptures that I, when I'm reading the Bible and some scripture stands out to me, I copy that down and just collect scripture. Then when I awake in the morning, I take my Kindle tablet where I keep these scriptures on the photo album because it's so easy to collect them there and then you, you've just got them all together. And I like to look at them in the morning and then when I finish watching television in the evening, I like to look at all the scriptures before I go to sleep. This helps me a lot. And I think it would help you also. God showed me scripture in Joshua to get me to do this back as a new Christian. God said to Joshua, 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And I knew that same scripture applied to us concerning the word of God. This book of the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth. So I began looking at it day and night, meditating on what that word was saying to me, how it was telling me to go. And I knew that by meditating in that word of God, eventually it was going to rise up and overcome me and take me in the way of the word of God. When I'm meditating in those scriptures, I'm not trying to figure it out. That might be my flesh taking over. I just let that scripture wash over me. It's sort of like taking a bath in water. You just let the scripture wash over you. But I do it day and night, first thing in the morning and last thing in the evening. In verse 9 of Joshua chapter 1, God says, Have not I commanded you? Well, yes, it is God commanding us. If we read a scripture and it stands out to us, isn't it? Or he could just give us a word. And that word can be so helpful in problems of this life. For the devil comes to steal the word. And say to us, did God really tell you that? Was that really God speaking to you? To cause us to doubt. But if you keep these scriptures in front of you day and night, or sometimes I will write out dreams and put them on an email and then make a screen print and put them on my photograph album with my scriptures because God leads us by dreams. And often I need that dream to reinforce the way to go Concerning individuals, I often have dreams about what individuals are doing. And that way I can go in the truth of God and not let my own flesh deceive me as it would like to do about that individual. Because mostly I want to think well of them. But that's not what God always shows me. Lots of times he shows me the thing they're doing is not good and don't be deceived by them. So I copy out dreams and keep that with my scriptures because it's as much a word of God as the scripture is. And sometimes you'll just have a concept that is as much a word of God as any scripture is. I had an accident in December 2018, fell at my house in Texas as they were rolling me out past the front door. I clearly heard a word from God. I heard, you'll never see this house again. I knew that would happen. I had no doubt. Even while I was in a rehabilitation hospital for two and a half months after surgery, I put that house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. 
I said, well, I've heard from God. I won't see this house again. See, to me, that was the word of God just as much as any scripture that you see in the Bible because it was the word of God telling me what was going to happen. You won't see this house again. And that's exactly what happened. He had another way for me to go at that point in time. There was a turn in the road, and he was taking me in a way that would work for me. I was already 80 years old at that time. I just couldn't continue to live alone, as I had been doing. He had shown me that even before I fell. He had put in my heart to go another way. I didn't know exactly how it would work out, but I felt it would be for the best, and really, Things have worked out better than any time in my life. My life is better now than they've ever been, than it's ever been. God took me the way that would work for me at this age in my life. And it's great. Just meditate in the word that you have been given, whether it is a scripture or a dream or a concept such as you'll never see this house again. That's all the word of God to us. And it is the living word, which means it's for us right now at this point in our life. It's exactly what we need to do right now. But renew your mind to the word of God. This flesh never improves. The world thinks it can make the flesh better. It's just hilarious during football season and to see on the NFL helmets words like no more flesh or reject the flesh. Well, they don't have the power to do that unless the Spirit of God is in them because it's only by the Spirit of God being in us that we can do that. We read at the beginning of this podcast the words from Paul in Romans 7, where he said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. And he said, Oh, woe is me, in the end of Romans 7. What shall happen? But in Romans chapter 8, he had the answer, which he stated for us. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after their flesh, but after the Spirit. So there's the answer. He knew in his flesh there dwelt no good thing. Paul knew he would never get better. His flesh would always be flesh. But, Now there's the concept that if we walk after the Spirit, we won't fulfill the works of the flesh. He says that in Galatians 5, that if we walk after the Spirit, we will not fulfill the works of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth after the Spirit, and the Spirit after the flesh, and they are contrary one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would do if you're walking after the flesh, but the Spirit overcomes the flesh so that we can make a choice to follow the Spirit and go that way. 
and always call on God for help. When you recognize something in the flesh is rising up, like I told you about driving into our garage the other day and seeing that woman, that neighbor, and thinking, we don't have to be ashamed, we have a new car. That's the flesh. You can turn to God with that. God help me, show me your way. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See that flesh says, Beat that other person. Outdo that other person. Get the best of them. Jesus is an opposite direction. We can choose to go the way of the flesh, or we can choose to go the way of the Spirit. I had a period of time went back in the years when I played bridge. I meditated constantly on a verse of Scripture that finally overcame me. It's in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Romans chapter 6 tells us that's exactly what we are. We are in newness of life now that we might serve God instead of serving our flesh. So it's always a battle between our own flesh wanting to do something of the flesh and the Spirit of God showing us the way of God. You cannot control the flesh by the flesh. You will fail if you try that. In other words, consider the New Year's resolutions of all of the things you're going to change. How many times do you fail? That's flesh trying to control flesh. You control flesh by the Spirit of God that is in you because He will show you and bring to your mind the way of God. And that gives you an opportunity to go that way. Always pray in the midst of the temptation. Pray silently, God help me. Don't let me say this. Or don't let me do this. I've never seen it fail. When I have prayed that, God has always stopped my flesh. And later when I have left the person, 
I'm amazed because I think, well, I didn't say that. God stopped me. And sometimes I don't even realize I'm being stopped until I get away and I think, well, I didn't say that. That thing that I didn't want to say, I didn't say it. Well, God stopped me because I asked him to stop me. We have a very mighty power in us. It is the power of God. And that's how we overcome our own flesh. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.